Amen. You can be seated. Good morning. Good morning to our viewers online. Like Doug said, uh, this is Connect Weekend, which means um, if you've not picked up a grill guide, they are out in the gathering space. I encourage you to pick one up before you leave. This is a listing of all of our groups, classes, and ministries that are happening this spring. Now, the spring semester begins two weeks from today, so um, you can sign up in one of three ways. There's a tear-off in the back of this. You can fill that out and drop it in the offering box uh, before you leave, or you can sign up on our website, lifeonline.church, or you can sign up on our app. Um, try to make it really easy for you to get connected and growing in Christ here at Life Church. So we're continuing our message series on margin, and uh, today we'll be discussing relationships, particularly the need for boundaries in relationships, boundaries. One of the important aspects of creating margin in our lives is setting healthy boundaries, particularly in the area of relationships. Um, this is important for us to understand or we can just get all out of whack in our relationships. So let's start with some words from Jesus. That's a good place to start. Um, Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 37. He said, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So many Christians think it's, they think it's never right to say no to anyone to set boundaries with people. Um, but we need to know that even God sets boundaries. Uh, we see this in the first chapters of Genesis when God gave Adam and Eve boundaries. Um, he told them that they could not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they did, it says this in Genesis 3, verses 23 and 24. It says, So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden. And he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Now that's a boundary. And notice that there are consequences to crossing God's boundary. Um, actually, one of the words for sin in the Bible is this word trespass. Um, we trespass by crossing lines that God says we shouldn't cross. We trespass by saying yes to what God says no to. We trespass by violating God's boundaries. Um, God limits what he allows us to do. He confronts sin and he allows consequences for the behavior that we have uh, when we transgress those boundaries that he set for us, right? It's interesting, God not only sets boundaries for us, um, he respects our boundaries. How does he do that? Well, he allows us to choose whether or not we'll follow him. Um, he allows us to experience the painful consequences of our behavior right, so that we'll change. Of course, he's saddened when we don't, um, but he doesn't transgress our boundary. Um, he doesn't violate our wish to be left alone. 
Uh, it's a horrible consequence, but he will respect our no. And the Bible teaches that we should, we should respect one another's boundaries. Deuteronomy 19, verse 4 says this, You shall not move your neighbor's boundary mark, which the ancestors have set, in your inheritance which you will inherit in the land that the Lord your God gives you to possess. God has designed the world so that boundaries are to be respected. He respects ours, and we need to respect his, and we need to respect other people's. So boundaries are biblical, and God sets boundaries. Jesus also sets boundaries. He set boundaries in his life and his ministry here on the earth. Um, and people were regularly intruding on those boundaries. Um, people always had an idea of what Jesus should be doing, of what he should be saying, of where he should be going. Right? It was a constant life. There are many what if someone's upset with my boundaries? Why do I feel guilty or uncomfortable when I think about setting boundaries? I want to go through and address um, three common misbeliefs when it comes to boundaries. Number one, this is misbelief number one. If I set boundaries, I am being selfish and unloving. It's true that we're commanded in the Bible to love others. Right? But loving others doesn't mean we are called to just let them keep hurting us. Loving others doesn't mean giving everyone what they want. Loving others doesn't mean we never say no to them. Let me put it in a perspective that makes this easier to understand. Is it loving for a parent to never say no to a child. No. Love sets appropriate boundaries to protect the child, right? Sometimes the last thing we should do is to give the child what they want, right? Could be unsafe. You could be uh, enabling them. It could teach the child that they are never to have uh, responsibility, they're never to take responsibility for their actions. Um, for those who have trouble setting boundaries, um, it can feel very selfish when you start doing this. And unfortunately, unhealthy people want to violate those boundaries. They might try to make you feel guilty or selfish or unloving if you don't give in to their demands. They might say things like this. Um, how can you call yourself a Christian? How can you be so hurtful? Uh, how can you be so selfish? And if you have a relationship with a person, like especially if you're very close with this person, um, like they're a family member or they're a close friend, um, it can be hard to remain objective. And you end up feeling guilty for trying to maintain your boundaries. Um, we don't realize 
We don't realize this. Uh, No one can make us feel guilty without our permission. If you set a boundary and the other person doesn't accept it and they withdraw and they get angry, um, then realize that it is about them. It is not about you. Misbelief number two. If I set boundaries, I'm afraid I'm going to upset people. Fear is a terrible reason to allow your boundaries to just be trampled on. If we're saying yes to people out of fear, that's not love, right? 1 John 4.18 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. It is not loving to allow ourselves to be controlled by fear. Um, It's not loving to allow other people to just trample over our boundaries. Many people understand and they believe in boundaries, uh, but they are scared to deal with the consequences of trying to keep those boundaries, especially especially with an unhealthy person just keeps trampling on them. Is it possible that others will become angry at these boundaries that we're trying to set and they'll attack us or they'll withdraw from us? Absolutely. We can't control how others respond to our no. Some will understand it, some will hate it. But we have to realize that boundaries really uh, are a litmus test for the quality of our relationships. Like the people who love you will respect your boundaries. The people who don't, well, they're either too unhealthy to respect those boundaries or they never loved you in the first place. This is a hard truth. We can't make people love us and we can't fix people who are unhealthy and not self-aware. Only God can do that. And God can do this miraculously, of course, Um, all on his own. Certainly he's God, and he can do anything. God also uses counselors, he uses therapists to help people become self-aware and get healing. But you and I uh, can't fix people. Um, When you try to set healthy boundaries in your life, um, will some people get angry? Will they attack you or even leave you? Yes, it is inevitable. But better to face the truth and deal with it now than to be in relationship with someone uh, who won't respect your boundaries. Misbelief number three. If I set boundaries, I will end up hurting people. So when we set healthy boundaries, we're not trying to control, we're not trying to attack, we're not trying to hurt anyone. Um, Saying no to someone might cause them some temporary discomfort, um, but it won't necessarily cause them harm. In fact, uh, I think it will help them if if they respond correctly. And there's a difference between hurting someone's feelings and causing them harm. For instance, taking your kids for a shot when they're sick 
will probably cause them pain in the moment, but it will ultimately heal them. Right? Trying to prevent that temporary pain of the shot will do them more harm long term, right? If you're always trying to rescue people from their problems, if you're trying to rescue people from their pain, um, they'll experience some pain when you stop doing that. But you need to see that in continuing to rescue people from their problems, from their pain, being this rescuer in their life, uh, you're actually hurting them. You're not helping them. And when they don't get what they want and they get angry, don't allow their anger to control you. And at first, it can be hard. If you've never set any boundaries in your relationships and you're just now trying to do that for the first time, this can be hard. Healthy people will eventually understand your boundaries. They will begin to respect your boundaries. Um, Unfortunately, unhealthy people won't. And you will have to confront that. But over time, as you develop and uh, and consistently maintain these healthy boundaries in your life, um, overall, you will discover there will be less anger in your life. Both in yourself and in the people you have a relationship with. People with mature, healthy boundaries are some of the least angry people in the world. So here's a practical example. If you are constantly upset uh, because you, you cook dinner and your family knows it's time to eat, but they always show up late, And man, does that make you angry, right? You worked hard to prepare a nice supper, right? You went and bought the materials. You spent time, you know, preparing it and cooking it. And no one respects you enough to be there when it's ready to eat, even though you clearly communicated when supper time would be, right? Instead of getting angry, set a boundary, Let your family know the time that dinner will be served and then eat at that time, even if at first you are eating all by yourself. When you're done, put the leftovers in the fridge. When the others show up to eat, they can reheat it and they can clean up afterwards themselves. Right? They won't like it. Eventually, if they want a family meal, they'll learn to show up on time. Right? or they'll have to deal with the consequences. So I want to explore this question for a bit. Um, As you're trying to set healthy boundaries in your life, how do you know when people are consistently trampling over them? Like, how do you know? Like, how do you know when people aren't respecting your boundaries? How do you know, like, when this is happening like more and more on a regular basis. So here are four signs that people you have a relationship with are not respecting your boundaries. One, you feel discomfort, anxiety, stress, fearful, and or guilty around the person. 
Like when you're around them, you are experiencing some or several of these feelings pretty consistently. Discomfort, anxiety, stress, fear, and or guilt. Two, when you're around this person, you may feel taken advantage of or underappreciated or even manipulated in your relationship. Like you find that you're consistently doing what you don't want to do for this person. And you feel like you're being taken advantage of. And it's not just like a one-time thing. This has become a regular pattern uh, of your relationship, in your relationship with this person. Number three, you feel unable to say no without suffering the consequences. You, uh, like you realize this, is, this has become a non-reciprocal relationship. Like you might even feel powerless or hopeless, like, like there's no way out. Number four, you feel it is your job to make them satisfied or happy. So the relationship now is very much one-sided, right? They'd never admit it, but you feel like they're superior and you are inferior. Um, they're in control and you are at their beck and whim. Um, it is your job to make sure that their needs are met. And somehow, they've got you thinking that that's normal, that that's okay. These people have learned to get their way uh, by consistently ignoring and violating any boundaries that we may have tried to set. Now, there are all kinds of reasons why a person gets like this. I'm not a counselor, uh, and I don't know what makes a person behave this way. But I do know this. Barring a miracle from the Lord that leads to self-awareness and healing, or a great deal of counseling that leads to self-awareness and healing, they will never stop on their own. I know this. You will have to learn the fine art of setting, setting healthy boundaries with that person. It's interesting. Over the years, I've worked with many different pastors, bosses, colleagues, pastors I've overseen, pastors of other churches that I've coached. It is actually quite common for pastors to have a hard time setting healthy boundaries. And I think it's because most people who go into ministry tend to have strong gifts of mercy and compassion, and they're often very empathetic, and they're often feelers. Makes sense. And most pastors, when they begin in ministry, uh, they feel like they always have to say yes to what people feel they need from them. They tend to feel guilty if they set boundaries. And many of them can tend to be people pleasers. Um, they don't like disappointing people. For a pastor, it can seem selfish or not nice 
uh, to say no to people, especially if it's evident that that person has hurts or needs. You might say, well, uh, Roger, why would they say no to people with hurts and needs? Aren't pastors supposed to help everyone? And I would say absolutely not. That's one of the reasons the average tenure of a pastor is two years. That is what the research shows, two years. So think about that. Uh, Most pastors, they go to a four-year university, get a bachelor's degree. They'll usually go on to seminary for another two or three years. They get all that training, and then within two years of serving as a pastor, they burn out. They quit, and now they're doing something totally unrelated to ministry. Like, that's the fact. I've seen that over and over and over again. And much of that is due to them being unable to set healthy boundaries with unhealthy people. Or maybe they can, but the system itself at the church is is unhealthy and not letting them set those healthy boundaries. I've seen this. And as I said, setting healthy boundaries is quite biblical. Um, Jesus himself showed us how important it is to set boundaries with people. I've always found this interesting. Um, Not the number of people that Jesus healed, but the number of people he didn't. Think about it. Like, he'd heal some folks, and then he'd tell his disciples, like, let's go to another town. Or let's go off and rest and eat. The disciples would would be like, there's all these people wanting healing. Where's Jesus? Oh, he's off somewhere praying. So how do we set healthy boundaries with people? Um, Here are four steps I want us to think about. Number one, and it has to start here. It has to start here. You've got to understand and believe that you are a precious child of God. You are a precious child of God. You have infinite value and worth before the eyes of God. If you were the only one on the planet, Jesus would have died for you. That's how much he loves you. So you deserve to have healthy boundaries and not let people trample on them, violate them. And unhealthy people, unfortunately, can spot an easy mark. They can tell when someone can be used, abused, and taken advantage of. What is it that they're seeing? They see a person perhaps who doesn't really love themselves. They don't see their own worth in the eyes of God. Or at least they don't value themselves enough to maintain healthy boundaries. They may see a faulty theology in the person that makes that person think that sacrificial love means being a doormat. It doesn't. Jesus wasn't a doormat. Or they may see someone who just operates out of guilt. 
And then they use that for their own gain. God doesn't want us to be in relationships where we are constantly feeling that we're being taken advantage of. Where we feel disempowered. Where we feel used and abused. That is not God's will. When we set these boundaries and we're dealing with people who continue to trample on them, uh, we want to learn to be assertive without being aggressive. But it all starts with believing that you deserve to be able to set healthy boundaries with people. Number two, we need to learn how to love people without rescuing them. If you're the kind of person who has a bent towards mercy and compassion, um, your first response to a person's need typically is going to be to want to rescue them, um, which at its core, at its core, is godly, right? I mean, God rescued us. That is, that is a godly thing. But I'm telling you, your mercy and compassion can be taken advantage of and it can lead to the development of a codependent relationship. Um, if a person never has to face the consequences of their actions, and we end up rescuing them over and over and over again, right? It can lead to codependency. So here's a recipe. Like if you want to create a codependent relationship, like here it is. This is how you do it. It'll be up on the screen. Number one, do whatever is necessary to avoid any conflict. Number two, make sure to be there to help when they make poor choices. Number three, convince yourself that this is the last time this will happen. Number four, feel responsible for their well-being. Number five, make excuses for their behavior and their choices. Number six, convince yourself that this is God's will, that you continue to be taken advantage of, controlled, used, and or manipulated. Number seven, continually put their needs ahead of your own. Galatians 6.5 says we are each responsible for our own conduct. Creating boundaries for people is a healthy way to help them grow and mature. Every good parent knows this. Proverbs 19:18 says, "Discipline your children while there is hope, otherwise you'll ruin their lives." Parents know this, right? If you constantly rescue your children from the consequences of their choices, you will be doing that for the rest of your life. Um and unfortunately, there are unhealthy people who are well into their adulthood and they're still wanting to be rescued over and over again from the consequences of their own bad decisions. Number three, uh, we need to care enough for the other person and for ourselves to confront people who are continually trampling on the boundaries we've set. Ephesians 4.15 says, speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ. There is no growth without truth. 
We can't grow unless we have people in our life who love us enough to tell us the truth. Right? And it's not just it's not just the truth of God's word, like, hey, here's a scripture for you. Um, but it's also this. Hey, we need to talk. There are some behaviors I'm seeing in you lately uh, that are unhealthy. It's that whole dynamic of Nathan and David, right? We all need a Nathan speaking truth into our lives. The problem is, if, if we're honest, if, if we're honest, most of us don't want to tell the truth and we don't want to have a difficult conversation with someone because it's uncomfortable. And we use all kinds of reasons to avoid having such conversations, right? We tend, when it comes to conflict resolution, uh, on one end of the spectrum, we tend to either want to avoid it or to minimize it or to spiritualize it, right? Or if we let it go on so long, right, that on the other end of the spectrum, uh, now we end up blowing up. When we avoid it, when we minimize, minimize it, when we spiritualize it, um, we are essentially lying. We're lying to them and we're lying to ourselves. Um, we are lying to them and ourselves when we fail to confront. Ephesians 4.25 says this. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. When we are dealing with people who continually trample on our boundaries, we do need to have that crucial, difficult conversation. And that requires courage. Um, it requires a healthy sense of self-worth. Right? I deserve to be treated with respect and dignity and not be taken advantage of or manipulated or controlled. When you have that conversation, here are some tips. Number one, just stick to the facts. Try not to be emotional. Number two, watch your words and your body language carefully. Number three, take ownership of whatever you can and ask for forgiveness. Now, I want to make a comment here. It is not, when you say, I'm sorry you felt that way, that's, that's crap. <laughs> no, you own. You own what you can. And you say, I am so sorry. I never meant to make you feel that way or hurt you or any of that. You own what you can. Number four, look for ways you need to change. Number five, but work to be clear in re-communicating your boundaries, what's acceptable and what's not. And then number six, if they become furious, try to be curious instead of meeting their anger with your own. Proverbs 19.19 19 says this, Hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, 
you will have to do it again. Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25 say, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. So don't get into the fight, but be firm in setting and asking them to respect your boundaries. Why? Why? Because Proverbs 4.23 says this. This is the key right here. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Which leads to the fourth way to set healthy boundaries, which is protect your heart. Protect your heart. The Bible says we're responsible for guarding our own heart. And that includes setting and enforcing boundaries. Now, boundaries can be used in healthy ways. They can be used in sinful ways. Um, we have to look at the motive that's behind it. Um, are you trying to protect yourself or someone else from harm, um, whether that's emotional or physical? If so, uh, you, then you're setting healthy and needed boundaries. But if you're just maintaining a distance from someone to purposely like exclude them or to get back at somebody who's hurt you, then that's wrong. Right? Boundaries are about taking responsibility for our own lives. And like I said, God himself models the need for boundaries. Um, he gives us the freedom to, to, to choose to live within his boundaries or to live outside of them. Um, and to live outside of God's boundaries means to accept the consequences. Living inside God's boundaries brings blessings Living outside of God's boundaries brings destruction. Boundaries, lit, uh, they limit destructive behaviors. And that's why God and countries and states and cities have laws, right? There are consequences to those who overstep those boundaries, those laws. Even a marriage requires boundaries, right? Marital boundaries keep intimacy. They keep sex within the relationship, right? If we violate those boundaries, that relationship is going to be quickly destroyed. Then I already said raising healthy, godly, well-adjusted children requires us to set boundaries with them, right? Otherwise... You'll be taking care of them and rescuing them from their bad decisions, and they'll be living with you when they're 40. Anybody want that? No. <laughs> A person with healthy boundaries takes responsibility for his or her own life, and they allow others to live theirs. Right? We still make sacrifices for people when it is appropriate, but we do not do it in a destructive manner or an enabling manner. And it's getting better at recognizing the difference 
between genuine need and unhealthy behavior, right? Being Christ-like means we can say yes, but it also means that we can say no. Sometimes love requires us to say no. Sometimes love requires us to set healthy boundaries with people, particularly those people who want to trample over them. Now I want to close uh, by reminding you that God has set the ultimate boundary, probably the most important boundary that exists. And it's the boundary that will determine who will spend eternity in heaven with him and who will not. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. He said, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. That narrow gate is Jesus. Um, there's a boundary around heaven, and there's only one way in, and it's through Jesus. God doesn't want anyone to perish. Um, he, wants, he wants everyone in heaven, but, but the way in is through Jesus. Many people think their, their good works will get them in. Right? They say things like, I'm a good person, I've done a lot of good things. But God set a boundary around heaven that says no to works and yes to grace through faith in Jesus Christ. God respects your boundaries and he won't force himself into your life. God gives us the freedom to let him in or to shut him out. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus said this, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. So my question to both believers and non-believers, you know, that's not just, that's not just an illustration of salvation. That's an illustration of submitting to Christ's lordship in every area of our lives. So whether you are a believer or you are not yet a believer, will you open the door of your heart to Jesus Christ today? Because nothing else matters more. Amen? Amen, let's pray. Lord, in this series, we've been talking a lot uh, really about health spiritual health, physical health, having rhythms of disconnecting with the world, reconnecting with you, learning how to simplify, find our contentment in you. And then this week, talking through how we can set healthy boundaries in our relationships, how we can speak the truth and love to one another, how we can love sacrificially, while still protecting our hearts, as you told us to. Lord, I just, I just sense you're calling Life Church this year, 2023, to get healthier. 
each of us individually and collectively as a church. So Jesus, my prayer this morning is that you would lead us into health and life, individually and as a church. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower us towards health and life. Father God, I pray that you would be pleased, that you would be glorified, that you would be lifted up. God, as we're, as we're taking this journey, it feels like out of Egypt, through the desert, and into the promised land. Lord, I think of when you told Moses to lift up the bronze snake in the desert so that those who looked upon it would be healed. And how that was a foreshadowing of the Son of Man being lifted up so that everyone who believes in him would have eternal life. My prayer this morning, Lord Jesus, is that we would keep our eyes fixed on you. Lord, if there's anyone hearing me right now who hasn't yet turned to you in faith, who hasn't confessed you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would come forward during our prayer time and that would happen today. Lord, let there continue to be stories, God's stories of salvations, healings, life transformation, marriages being reconciled, prodigals coming home, and just miracles in our midst here at Life Church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.